Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Good morning, everyone. Awesome. Do you have faith? Yeah, that's awesome. Because this morning uh, we are continuing on our series of faith. And just like Pastor Bruce was saying, um, even if you've come here this morning and you don't feel like you have faith, because faith is not a feeling. Faith um, anticipates and faith expects. So I believe this morning that um, all of us are going to be challenged to grow in our faith. Even the mere fact that we come into a building and we worship together and there's such a great presence of God in the house that we're able to lift our voices, lift our hearts and lift our hands to a God that we cannot see. That's faith. You see, the world says that um, seeing is believing, but faith says believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. And just what Jesus said to Thomas, he said, blessed are those that believe and have not seen. So let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning and we thank you for your presence in the house today, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we get to pray to you. We get to worship you, Father. And we thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray, Father, that wherever we are on our journey of faith, Lord, that you would move us a little bit forward from this day forward, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that this is a new day. This is a new week, Father. And we thank you, Lord. We love you, Father, and we give you all the honour and all the praise this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Verbalise Your Faith. Verbalise Your Faith. The word verbalise simply means to express openly out loud. But the unique thing about this word verbalise is that within the word verbalise is the word verb. It's a doing word. So we not only verbalize our faith, we do our faith. Faith is action. And I've got four points this morning that I want to get, get through. The first one is, where is your faith? Where is your faith? It's a locational type of question. Where is your faith? First of all, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 talks about a description of faith. And it says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is a substance. Substance means a sense of tangibility. It's a sense of solidity, if you like. You can touch it. Faith is the substance of things that you are hoping for. What we are hoping for are things that are not yet for example, we don't hope for we don't hope this morning that we come to Metro Church because we are here. We don't hope that I'm going to walk into the cafe after. Oh, that I'm gonna walk into the cafe this morning, sorry. There are some things that we can't hope for. For example, I can't hope for a, a better outcome of the rugby last night. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I can't have faith for something that's already happened. Where is your faith? (laughs) Is your faith in your finances? Is your faith in your job? Is your faith in your culture? Is your faith in your family? Biblical faith is designed to be put in God's word. I have here with me a 
This is for my, um, my leaf blower uh, vacuum thing. It's two-stroke, it's fuel, but I was meant to bring a jerry can, but this, this would fit in my bag. So example, just pretend this is a jerry can fuel. Last month we did imagine, so just carry over your imagination and just imagine that this is a, a jerry can of fuel. So this fuel, if I open up the bonnet of my car, I wouldn't put this into the radiator. I can, but I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put this into the brake fluid. I can, but it wouldn't be helpful. I wouldn't put the petrol into the windscreen wash washer place. I can, but it wouldn't be effective. You can do it. I wouldn't put it into the, um, where the power steering goes. You can, but it, it wouldn't work. So it is with our faith. We can put our faith in certain things, which you can, but it won't be as effective as if you put it in God's word. You can put your faith in your finances, and that's okay because you can. You can put your faith in your family, and that's okay because you can. And you can put your faith in your career or in your job, and that's okay, you can. But your faith is solely, really designed to be put in God's word. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean upon your own understanding, your own reasoning, your own experience or thinking. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. God is about verbs. He so loves verbs that he wrote a book called Proverbs. <laughs> God is proverb. This book is the book of action. It's not just a book to be read. Where is your faith? Is your faith in your rugby team? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Amen, Seb. <laughs> Luke 8, 22 and 25. If you can turn to there. The passage about what Pastor Bruce alluded to, crossing over to the other side. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. That's the word. The word is let us cross over. Let us go over to the other side. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The boat was filling up with water. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Jesus' word was, let's cross over to the other side. He didn't mention anything about a storm coming. Jesus said, let us cross over. How do I know that? How, how do I know that Jesus said that? Well, it's in red. And why? But why is it in red? Because his word needs to be read. That's why. 
<laughs> his word needs to be read and bled from our life because life is in the blood that we live out his word. Because when he speaks his word, his word has such authority that the storms and the winds and circumstances are subject to his word. We live under the word. We stand under the word. We have understanding of the word. So we are standing under. It's called the lordship of Jesus Christ. We live under the lordship, live our life as an act of worship unto him because of our relationship with him. His word is enough. He said, let us cross over. That should have been enough for the disciples. But instead, when the waters came and flooded their boats, the disciples were full of fear. Jesus was asleep at the front of the boat. Jesus is demonstrating to his disciples that you can sleep on his word. You can rest on his word. No matter if you're in a real tough time, remember God is with you in the boat. He is with you within the storm. He is there. But also it's okay to be fearful and to wake Jesus up. Sometimes when we're walking our lives and we think, I have lack of faith because now I have to ask God for help. But that's okay. That's what we do. We can approach God and we can wake him up when he's sleeping. Because Jesus wants us to approach him in our times of fear. Is unbelief a bad thing? No, but it's a real thing. And Jesus said in his word, I can pray for your unbelief. When Satan said to Jesus, when Jesus said to Peter about Satan, sorry, he said, Peter, Satan is asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed that your faith will not fail. It's okay to be in fear, but when you're in fear, it's even better to approach the master and to get the word for the day. Verbalize your faith. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? First Peter 1, 20 and 21 says, oh, from 20 to 21, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him and so your faith and your hope are in God. Where is your faith? Our faith and our hope are in God. Hebrews 11.1, 1, we looked at that. But Mark 11.22 to 25 says, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Faith in action. We're talking about that the word... Jesus' words are read because they have to be read. And we're talking about verbalize. Verbalize means to speak and to do. Faith and actions can make the right transactions. And this is what I mean. A faith can be like a currency. The kingdom currency is like faith. In the natural economy, currency or money is used a legal use to obtain goods and services. So it is in the supernatural with faith. Faith is the means by which we inherit the promises. Faith accesses the promises of God. The Bible says that faith and patience inherit the promises of God. We're talking about verbalizing our faith, putting our faith in God's word. Let us cross over. 
I believe that. I was subject to his word. Have faith in God. What are you doing with your currency? Is your currency stored up in your wallets and your purses or in your bank? Or are you using your currency to invest and to sow into people's lives? Are you using your faith to bless people? Are you using your faith to to lift up the name of Jesus and to see him glorified in everything we say, do and think? Faith and actions make right transactions, meaning our faith can obtain the things of the, the promises of God. The parable of the talents talks about a master giving three servants some talents. I think one with five, one three, and one one. And the whole thing about that was being a steward, a good steward of what God has given us. Two of them took the talent and they made a return. The last one took the talent didn't do anything with it, and when the master returned, returned the talent back to the master. What I'm saying is, what are we doing with my faith? What am I doing with my faith? Throughout my entire life, for the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years, whatever, what am I going to do with the currency of faith that I have? Because it's not just for me, it's given to me to get through me that others will be blessed and that Jesus will be lifted up. Let us use our faith in our workplace, in our churches, in our relationships, in our families. So number one, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Where are you putting your faith to get the maximum effect? Number two is cultivate a lifestyle of faith. Cultivate just means, one of the meanings just means to develop a lifestyle of faith. I remember when I got saved, uh, I actually remember the date. It was last Sunday, 4th of August, but in 91. And when I got saved, my understanding was that everything was going to be smooth sailing, that I wasn't going to have any um, hiccups or you know, trouble. But as many of us here would know, that's not the case. The greatest miracle that took place is salvation. And salvation is by grace and it's through faith. It's something we get that we don't deserve, but we believe it because of God's love for us. I remember three weeks ago or four weeks ago when Pastor Danny G was here and he made mention of something that really got me. He said that the trouble with some of believers is that when we do something good, we think that God is happy with us. And when we do something bad or something bad happens to us, we think God is not pleased with us. You know, and I kind of had that feeling too when I was growing up as a Christian. I thought if something bad was hap- happened to me, I thought, oh, I'm not a good Christian. I did something wrong. But the Bible says that it rains both on the righteous and the unrighteous. That, you know, bad things happen both to Christians and to non-Christians. It's like the rain. You can't stop the rain from falling. But you can do something about it. And so in 95, without going into too much detail, it was one of the darkest hours of our family. It's where I lost uh, my mum quite tragically. And without going into detail, but 
during that time, I was a baby Christian. I was a new Christian. Um, and I had, I had great people around me that were um, discipling me and, and things like that. And the thing that really sustained me through that time was a word of God that came to me. And it was, I, I could hear the voice of the Lord in hindsight, looking back, now I knew it was the Lord, saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He was saying that I am with you. And that, re- that simple word really, you know, really comforted me during that time. And during that time, because I was a Christian, there were also people saying, oh, that whole Christianity thing that Foles going through, um, that's just a phase. You know, and that's over almost 30 years ago. But that phase has been a long phase. <laughs> and it's, it's a phase that's not going to phase out. And what am I saying? I'm saying that your, your faith is the thing. If your faith is in the word, and the word that I heard was, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If your faith is in the word of God, your faith will sustain you. It will strengthen you. When you put your full weight, your full confidence, your full assurance on what God's word says, you'll be safe in the storm. You will know that Jesus is asleep in the boat with you. He's at rest with you. That all you need to do is just wake him up. Lord, Lord, there's a storm. Jesus will wake up and with his word, he will rebuke the devourer. He will rebuke the things that have come to hinder us. And I praise God for faith. I praise God for the journey of faith. Cultivate a lifestyle of faith. Jesus didn't tell the disciples that there was going to be a storm. There were storms and things that all of us are going through or been through that Jesus didn't tell you about. He didn't forecast a lot of these storms, but what he did give us is his grace, his word, the Holy Spirit, and the seed of faith for us to develop that will sustain us through a difficult time. We walk by faith and not by sight. The lifestyle that we are cultivating in faith is a walk. It's a walk. It's a step. It's a step of faith. Remember the old song? I think during the time I got saved, one of the songs was, I walk by faith. You know, was it, I walk by faith, each step by faith, to live by faith, I put my trust in you. Then we'd walk this way, then we'd walk that way. But we've got to walk his way. <laughs> and our, our, our journey is a walk. And you know, when you're walking, a walk always begins with a certain point and it includes a journey. And I got saved a few years ago, but during the walk, we shouldn't look the same back th- as, we do, as we did back then. We should not be the same back then. I certainly don't look the same as I did back then. <laughs> we walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sight meaning we don't walk by our feelings, we don't walk by our emotions, we don't walk by what we see and what we hear, what we touch and what we taste and what we smell. 
We don't walk by that. We don't live by that. Otherwise, if the storm came out, we would freak out. Otherwise, when tragedy hits our families, we would freak out and we would fold. But when storms come, we've got to know that Jesus is in the boat with us, that he will never leave us. Regardless of how we may feel, he will never leave us, nor forsake us. Just like a journey, just like a walk has a beginning point and has a journey, destiny, um, so too is our faith. So too is our journey in life, from a baby to an adult. Certainly didn't start as an adult. We develop and mature and through childhood, teenagers and adolescence and adulthood. But we never look the same. We never look the same. How many people here have been saved for a year? More than five years. More than 10. More than 15. Amen. More than 20. Amen. Awesome. I can tell you that people who knew you before can see a different person. Can see a different person. And God has called us to become more like him. And I want to share a, um, an image. Uh, if you could put up the first spot, the difference image. I shared one of these in the evening service one time. Many of us would recognise this kind of activity growing up doing this, these things. Can you spot the difference? Just. All right. We'll go to the next one. Sorry, yeah, pixelated. They look similar. Can you spot the difference, though? You can, yeah. That's awesome. Because we don't want to look the same as we did back then. Before you put up the next one, the next one is so, so, um, what do you call it? They look exactly the same. Okay. And um, when we come to Christ, we're not meant to look the same. So I want to see if you can tell the difference between this next slide. <laughs> yeah. Very, very difficult to, to tell the difference. They're exactly the same, right? <laughs> no. The point I'm making here, <laughs> they're not actually identical, by the way. I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. They look very, very identical. But the point is, we're never meant to look the same. We're, never, we're meant to be on a, a journey progressing. But then you might be saying, but they're two completely different people. And that's exactly my point. The Bible says that I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live in the body or in the flesh, I live by faith. I live by faith. And because I live by faith, I begin this journey of faith of becoming and dying to self. So that the hope of glory will be seen in me and through me. More of him and less of us. Second Corinthians 5.17 talks about that we are a new creation. The old has passed away. Yeah, that was a rock. 
But he's not the rock. Jesus is the rock. He's the rock of our salvation. He is the rock upon which we build our life. Cultivate a lifestyle of faith. If I've been saved 20 plus years and I see my old friends, which I do occasionally, and they say to me, man, you, never, you haven't changed one bit. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't mind if it was like the outward appearance, but if I haven't changed one bit in terms of my, the way that I conduct my life, in terms of character, in terms of things like that, not saying anything about myself, but I'm saying the fruits of the Spirit ought to be developed in the walk of faith, that we become more like him, that we are changing, so that people can easily spot the difference in our lives. Number three, so number one is where is your faith? Locate your faith. Cultivate a lifestyle of faith. And number three, fight the good fight of faith. Sometimes faith can be a fight. For example, that, that example I used back in, when my mum passed away, that was a real fight. That was a fight because I was asking God, why, 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 why? And I'm sure many of us have asked that question at certain times. But God says, my grace is sufficient. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I had to learn to put my full weight and my trust in God and in his word. Fight the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says, Sometimes, no, that's my notes, sorry. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. A fight implies that there is opposition. And we have opposition. We're either hearing our flesh, our mind, we're either hearing the devil or we're either hearing the Holy Spirit. The Bible is very clear who our enemy is. The Bible says that Satan, our enemy, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking those who may devour. We know that he's not a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's a roaring liar. That's who he is. He's the accuser of the brethren. He roams around roaring lies to us. Jesus is truth. That's who we have opposition. So because of that, it's very important that we continue to get our faith on, to get our fight on, to get our praise on. It's important, so crucial, that we build our faith, we strengthen our faith. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is a fight. He's a roaring liar. He's a counterfeit. He's not a warrior. He's a counterfeit. He casts shadows of fear. Shadows have no substance, but they need light to expose it. Jesus is the light. The word is the light. A lamp into my, a lamp into my path. Jesus is the light. The entrance of his word gives light, illumination. Fight the good fight of faith. The enemy can only put something that has no substance 
and it's a shadow. Fear, false evidence appearing real. Praise God that we have faith, we have the Word of God, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the fellowship of the church, we have each other, of course. Fight the good fight of faith. Put on the full armour of God. Put on the full armour of God. Ephesians 6, 13 to 17 reads, Therefore put on every piece of God's armour so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared or fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, the thoughts. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. We have the sword and we have faith as our shield. I have an image of a shield that possibly Paul was, um, was talking about. If we could put the, the shield image up. And it's a picture of a single soldier with the shield of faith. And that's awesome. He's, he's well covered. He has the armour. He's protected. But the Bible says where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in, in the midst of us. It's so awesome to connect with others, other people, and to fellowship. It brings strength. So if we can put up the second image. This is an image of support. When we come alongside people and we bear arms and we increase each other's faith, this is what it looks like. When Christians gather together, when we have our coffee catch-ups, when we have our connect groups, when we have our team meetings and youth and, and young adults and all of that, this is what it looks like. And then we need each other because iron sharpens iron. And there's a lot of iron here. And the next one is, put up the, this is the church. This is us. Fight the good fight of faith. Covered on all sides is our faith. How strong is our faith? It protects us. If this was my faith... If this was my shield, I would get, you know, I would get hammered by arrows. But as I develop my faith, as I develop and increase my faith, my faith will increase like that and become a shield like that. Fight the good fight of faith. Fighting also implies that there is exercise, so that we exercise our faith. We each have muscles. Nobody's going to get given any more muscle. We have all the muscles we need, but some are developed and some are not. So just like faith, we all have faith, but we just continue, need, continue to feed our faith, to develop our faith. Why? So that we can cultivate a lifestyle of faith. Why? So that we can build our life on faith, build our life on the Word of God. So when the storms come, I know I'm going to be strong and anchored in His Word. Jesus said, he never said that it would be easy. The only thing he said would be easy was his yoke and his burden would be light. That's what we have for breakfast, light and easy. We put on his yoke and carry his burden because it's light and easy. He's the original. 
fight the good fight of faith. When we're walking out in our faith and we become fully dependent on God, and we're, you know, that, that's a journey, you begin to become full of hope. And you can give hope. And you can speak hope. And you can point people to hope. I have here a soap dispenser. In order to get the soap out of here, I have to apply external pressure. And then the soap would come out. When the external pressures of life are pressed down upon you, what's going to come out of you is hope. So instead of a soap dispenser, God's calling you to be a hope dispenser. <laughs> that you're going to... It sounds quirky, but that's what you are. When people squeeze up against you, when they rub up against you, what's going to come out of you is hope. If people rub you the wrong way, what's going to come out of you is hope. Be a soap dispenser. When the pressures are on you, when life bears down on you, have enough faith in you to begin to pour out that hope because you can't give out what you don't have. Begin to be filled with the knowledge of his word, filled with his spirit and be filled with hope because we all know the world needs hope. Hope. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13 says, three things will last forever, faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Fighting the good fight of faith is also choosing to display love. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, talking about fighting the good fight of faith. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on guard, be on guard. Stand firm in the faith, stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong, and do. That's the verb again. And do everything in or with love. Do everything with love. Romans 5.5, it's not up there, but it says that the love of God has been shared abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. That enables us and empowers us to love like he loves. To see people through his eyes. The love of God shared abroad in our heart will empower us to extend the grace and to love like he loves. I remember reading about a Christian man that he was in a debate, well-versed in the scriptures, and he was in a debate on TV and they were debating certain issues. And he was debating a, a woman who was a politician and he was very confident in the, uh, debating certain issues. And anyway, this guy pretty much really, 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 really hammered her, lack of better words. Really, really, um, you know, this, this lady was just, she was totally defeated in this debate. And this man was quite proud of it, about it, a Christian. Anyway, this is how old it was. He grabs the videotape of the program. He takes it home, videotape, like, size of my Bible. He takes it home and he's so proud of himself that he shows his son. And he goes, son, 
I want you to watch how, you, how your dad went in this debate. I knew all the scriptures. I knew all the different analogies and all that. So the son watches it. And then the dad comes back and goes, oh, what do you think, son? What do you reckon? And it's silence. And you come on, son. Well, what do you think of the debate? And the son looks at his dad and says, Dad, you won the debate, but you did not show her Jesus. And sometimes we can say the right thing in the wrong way. And the Bible says here to do everything with love. It talks about standing firm in our faith. But within our faith must be love. The greatest is love. These three things that will not last, that will not fade away, is faith, hope, and the greatest is love. Do everything with love, especially pertaining things pertaining to the word. So where is your faith? Cultivate a lifestyle of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And finally, I'll finish with this. A faith request requires a faith response. A faith request will require a faith response. Throughout the Bible, we see it. Jesus, when the, when the boys are out on the sea and they're fishing, and he said, cast out into the deep. And then they, they said, Jesus goes, cast your net on the right side. And the boys say, yeah, but Lord, we've been fishing all night. There's nothing. But Jesus' faith request was, cast your net on the right side. Even Jesus likes plays on words. It was the right side. And their faith response was, nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, because you said it, I would do it. A faith response. Jesus in John 2, 7 and 9, the faith request was, fill the jars with water. That's the word. Fill the jars with water. The faith response was, they obeyed and they did so. And the miracle of turning water to wine took place. When Jesus spat on the ground, took the mud, put it in the eyes of the guy that was blind and told him to go and wash in the, the sea or the river or asylum. And his faith response was that he went. See, obedience commands the blessing. Talking about verbalising the word. Verbalising is doing the word, responding with a faith response. The Roman centurion said to Jesus, only say the word. You don't have to come to my house and physically be there. Only say the word. These people put their faith in God. They put their faith and their trust in God. Trust God with all of your heart. With all of your heart. Noah, build the ark. Put thousands of animals in there. I've never seen any water. But his faith response was, he did it. Faith anticipates and faith demonstrates and faith participates and faith activates. Faith will lead us out of a place of limitations. It leads us out of a place of confinement, of restriction, and into a place of freedom. We've been singing about that this morning. Are you believing all that God has for you? We're believers. Are you believing all that God has for you? And will you be leaving all the things that have hindered you?
So we are believing God for and we are believing things behind that are not of God. There are some things that we are believing for and there are some things that we need to be leaving behind us. And when we choose to step out of faith, choosing to step out of a place of limitation and confinement, we're choosing to step into a place of alignment with his assignment, which is his word that needs to be heard and turned into a verb, to verbalise his word. This morning we're talking about verbalising the word of God, verbalising our faith. We release our faith by speaking the word, by verbalising. We get saved by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. His praise shall continually be where? In my mouth, in my lips. We confess the word, we proclaim the word, we declare the word. And faith requests, requires a faith response. You could ask the team to, to come through, please. So this morning, we're talking about faith, locating our faith, cultivating a lifestyle of faith, and fighting the good fight of faith. And the faith request will require a faith response. What is the faith request that God has put in your heart? What is the dream? What is the direction that God has put in your heart? What is God saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit prompting in your heart? What is he prompting you to do, to go, to say? And I believe that you have the faith to take those steps and to step out of the boat and step into that which God is calling you to do. Faith requires, faith requests requires a faith response. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord, um, for your presence here this morning, Lord. Lord, I just pray, Lord, for, for our church family here. I pray, Lord, for people that may be feeling a bit flat in their faith, Lord. Lord, you said, Lord, that uh, you can pray for people's faith not to fail. So, God, I pray in the name of Jesus for every person here that's not feeling full of faith, that circumstances may be weighing them down. I just thank you, Lord, that you want to remind them that you are in the boat with them, that your word says that you will never leave them, you will never forsake them. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to grow in our faith because without faith it's impossible to please you. And we thank you, Lord, for this life that we now live in the body. We live by faith in you, Lord. Help us to be strengthened to walk this day, to walk this new week stronger in faith, Father. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Help us to develop our faith, our trust, our belief, Father, in you, Lord. And we can rest assured, Lord, that we can put our faith in the right place, which is in your word, which is in you, Father. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And just as every head is bowed and every eye closed, I want to just give an invitation that if there is anybody here this morning that does not know Jesus, like I said before, I began the journey on the 4th of August back in 91.
and I'm still walking. And I'm wondering if there's anyone today that has faith to believe, that has faith to believe that God did raise Jesus from the dead. You don't have to understand everything, but it's a belief, it's faith. And if there's anyone like that this morning, in a minute I'm going to pray and I want to include you in that prayer, if that's you. And if also if there are people that are, that are wanting to return to the point of their departure, so to speak. You want to come back to Jesus. You want to reignite your faith with God. If there's anyone like that, just with a show of hands so I know who we're all going to be praying with, if there's anyone like that here this morning and you want to know Jesus, I'll just ask if you could raise your hand right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, Father God, we lift up your name, Father. Your word says if we, as we lift up you, Father, you would draw all people unto you, Father. And so, Lord, I thank you for these people this morning, Lord, who are saying yes to you, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would help them on their journey, Father, with you, that they will walk and grow and become all that you have called them and preordained them to become, Father. Thank you for your plan and your purpose for their life, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, I want to invite you to pray along with me. And if that's you who raised your hands, I encourage you to pray this out loud with us. Dear Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for your love. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Help me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can look up now. If that's you, we have uh, a yes text. That is uh, one of our tools that enables you to be discipled. It's simply, you got to just text 048826392. And when you do that, you'll get a response in the morning. Every morning at 7 a.m., you will receive a, a prayer and a scripture that will help you on your journey. Not only that, you can come and see us at the Connect Hub as well. We can help you on your journey. We also have a website, yes.metrochurch.org.au. Simply text, simply email, yes. Especially the ultimate yes that you've made in your heart. And we can help you on your journey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.